The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm Beth Morey and this is One Torn Every Minute, the podcast where we talk about giving birth. Today, I'm joined by the sensational actress, comedian and writer Izzy Sutty. Izzy, let's dive straight down your birth canal um, (laughs) and start by summarising how many times you have given birth and when. Um, I have given birth twice on the 4th of October 2014 and the 17th of January 2019. 2019? Yes. That is quite recent. Yes. So um, the scars of it literal and metaphorical are still lingering then they are although the second one was so much easier than the first one that oh I right don't that's feel... a textbook thing yes yes yeah not that oh, that didn't happen to me but that's i know that's the way it's supposed to happen that the first one is awful and then the second one you've learned how to do it and you're yeah, an expert yes and that's my my um partner's sister is a health visitor and she was a midwife and she kept saying after the first one, I was like, I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to do it again. And then she said, it will be easier the second time. It will. It'll put, just pop out. And I thought, it's so easy to say that, though, yeah. you know. Um, but that was the case for me. Thank God. I got told by an elderly male consultant that the second time would be a doddle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking of suing him. Yes. <laughs> but I'm very glad that your second time was good. But that leads me to my next suggestion is that if we're going to tell the story of your birth and we usually focus on one birth that we should maybe focus on the first because that sounds like it might be gorier and juicier and generally more dramatic yeah better for a podcast than yeah. it took an hour and it hurt a bit for 20 <laughs> minutes <laughs> yes i have had one guest who um enjoys giving birth um but uh, generally i think oh, you know god there's a book called is it called childbirth without fear have you oh it sounds like the kind of thing i would have tried reading yeah, yeah i tried with the first i tried with the first to read all those things and um on the cover is a woman with a baby hanging out of her vagina <laughs> and she's kind of screaming but it looks like she wants to scream but someone's told her to smile two seconds before they take the photo i'm sure it's called childbirth without fear and i found the cover photo so funny because it's like look at what's happening to you and you're still but you know maybe she was really enjoying it and maybe you know there are people aren't there who don't have any pain relief and who have a completely natural birth and it's and they breathe it out I know I know that this exists in theory and and in fact I interviewed the very famous um writer and and uh, I don't know was she a midwife I'm not sure she was but she was a sort of scientist Sheila Kitzinger who was famous for advocating natural births and she's she was amazing but she did sort of give you this idea that it was possible to give birth while orgasming and uh, you know it could be this transformative euphoric experience and even at the time before I'd given birth I thought you're having a laugh and I think she really was, because... Well, also, how long people. do her orgasms last? <laughs> oh, good, I'm hours. going for another 40-hour orgasm. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know what, at what point you're supposed to orgasm. Like, maybe there's just a bit, like a little bit of the transition phase where oh, it's just my. so painful, you need to come. <laughs> my God. So, your first birth... Um, no two- orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
a shame. I must find a guest to do orgasm yes. while giving birth. That's your mission. <laughs> so we're taking you back to 2014? Yes. Um, but hopefully the memories are still vivid. Um, so let's take you back to, are, are you full term at this point? Have you got yes, to the end? Um, full term plus two or three. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was plus three. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, had it been an easy pregnancy? Do you enjoyed it? Um, yes, it hadn't been too bad. Um, I, I I'd felt a, quite sick in the first trimester and then that kind of went away. Yeah. I think it was pretty textbook pregnancy, actually. Yeah. I did have this thing called low pap A, which What's that? they I've test for. Well, they test for it at King's, which is my local hospital. And I think they don't test for it at all hospitals, which is a mixed... I was say a mixed blessing. I guess what I mean is sometimes you can know too much because yeah. King's is a teaching hospital. They've got amazing facilities. Um, but sometimes, especially as I can be a bit of a worrier, I just thought, oh, God, I'd rather just go in with my eye, eyes closed to these scans and get them only to tell me if it's something definite because there are all these things being banded about. And so low PAP A. PAP A is, as far as I understand it, a hormone in the placenta or a, ho a hormone to do with the placenta so if there are low levels of it it can mean nothing but it can mean that the placenta isn't functioning as it should so it can lead to um, a small baby and it can lead to miscarriage or stillbirth yeah so so did they find that out quite early on yeah they found it out at the first scan um, and um, so then I had to have extra scans to check the size of the baby um, and I don't think it was as low, the level of it dictates what kind of treatment you have. And I think if it's very low, you might have to have a different kind of treatment. But it was low enough for them to give me extra scans, but thankfully not low enough to cause any problems with either pregnancy. I had it with Stefan as well, the boy, and yeah. it was lower than with Betty. But um, Yeah, because scans should be reassuring, but I always found them... Because there's this kind of silence as they as they move the thing around your belly, and you're thinking, "Why is the silence? What does it mean? Yes. Has she seen something?" Um, no. So actually, I found them quite stress-inducing. They're incredibly stress-inducing. I think anyone who thinks, I think with the first, I think if anyone has got more than one child, they'll probably know what I mean by this. I think with the first child, you, I suppose it's like with the first marriage, um, you <laughs> you expect it to kind of be you you've seen it in films, and you have a the you know, an idea of the way it's going to be and then you go in and there's all these other couples kind of... Um, I think you can tell whether it's people's first child or not. But anyway, um, I sort of had this, you know, are we going for the first scan and then we're going to text our parents and stuff? And then it was actually really fraught and I had to have an extra test on that day because of the yeah. low pap A and, you know, more blood tests and so on. And, um, and they're waiting for news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so it was actually not as as I kind of expected it to be, really. Um, and then having the extra scans is always reassuring if they're OK. Mm. I always want someone to go, it's 100% fine. The yeah. baby's going to come on this Immediately. day. It won't be painful. Yeah, <laughs> but no one can do that. So no. I'm always left feeling a bit kind of like, oh, it's sort of OK for now. But um, And you're so right about the sonographers, because also I think they're not... Um, they're not midwives. They're not. Their job is to be incredibly geeky about measurements. Mm, it's a very specific talent. Yeah, it is. And you know, the the vibe in the room isn't kind of. Uh, you know, you don't ask questions about discharge in that. I'm sure no. I asked a question about discharge once, and they just looked at me like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? That is not our department at all." You know. 
<laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm always anxious to talk about discharge oh, yeah, wherever anytime. I am. Yeah. Any opportunity. Pret. Yeah. <laughs> Given that you were feeling, you know, stressed anyway, but then with this added level of stress, did you do anything in preparation um, to kind of calm yourself down or prepare for the birth? Well, we were... We did NCT and most people were doing hypnobirthing um, and um, we decided to do that too. Um, and I did find, um, because my partner's sister was a midwife then, I think, or was, had just become a health visitor, luckily, unluckily for her, um, I could text her on a daily basis saying things oh, like, that's I, I just lay down at the hairdressers on my back while they wash my hair. Is the baby going to be okay? Because you know you're not supposed to lie on your back. I actually, No, I did not know one. that you weren't supposed to lie on your back. Yeah, you know you're only supposed to lie on your oh, side. On your side. From, yeah, so they laid me down on this chair to wash my hair that, that's... <laughs> A joke in the local hairdressers because it's kind of like a dentist chair. It goes flat. Yeah, um, yeah. Mine so they does. always I like warn it. people. Yeah, I like it too. Um, but I did that, and then I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" And she's like, "No, it's fine." <laughs> um, but she had a friend who was practicing to become a hypnobirth trainer, um, so she did it for free, which was oh, amazing. That's good. And that's she was fantastic. Pounds saved. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she was great, and um, so I did that. Uh, no. Not much else, really. I think I was pretty unprepared, practically. I remember having one baby grow, which was naught to three months, just hanging. Some the... people do that because they feel it's like a jinx. Yeah, and I think in some countries they don't buy you anything for the baby until it's born. Yeah, they... but then that has practical implications. Sure, yeah. just at the point <laughs> you in do which a mad you dash to... want to be focusing on the baby, you're hitting John Lewis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, we'll come to whether hypnobirthing did any good um so let's just take you to the stage where you realized you're about to go into labor um how did that feel and what was it like and where were you um i was at home and um and um my partner does a radio sh- did a radio show on saturdays then he, he doesn't he does it on fridays now but it was a saturday morning and he'd um luckily pre-recorded a show in case i went into labor on a saturday yeah and um it was probably about 4 a.m and um i uh I, I woke up and I, there were mild contractions. I guess I, did, I was just so excited. I just remember feeling so excited. Really? Yeah. That's like, the first time anyone said that to me, in that feeling of excitement. And I'm slightly jealous because I didn't. I felt well terror. I well, guess. don't worry. It soon went away. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's an intriguing thing to feel for some I mean it shouldn't be that should be how you feel but I haven't heard someone say that before yeah I didn't Excited. expect to feel it really I was just like because I was on my own maybe and for it was like a secret and I was like oh god it's happening um maybe I'll give birth on my own maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm superwoman it'll be that cool he could go and do the show um no I I, I lay there for Maybe an hour or two. I didn't, it was really early. I didn't want to... Because I was sort of mm. thinking, oh, we're going to... This is it now. So I don't want him to wake, wake up really early unnecessarily. And then I did wake him up. And then he rang and said, oh, I can't come into work. And then I went downstairs and did my tax. Um, <laughs> because I... Get that done. Yes. Because it was October. And I thought, I know that I'm not going to do it once. <laughs> so I did my tax and finished it. And that probably took about two hours. Quite um, dweeby about my tax. So now that is... Both really impressive and also <laughs> mental. I know. But also, I think it made the time go by. It was a kind of way of, it was like, right, I'm not just going to sit around 
It's quite boring, though, Dean. You know, I, oh, I quite like it. I, I used to have an Excel spreadsheet. I don't now. Now I've got two kids, so I've had to drop the Excel spreadsheet. But I used to have one. That's how kids ruin your life. Yes. <laughs> right, so you're doing, doing your tax while having contractions. Yes, and then um, they got stronger and stuff. And then we went in quite early. So I think I finished the tax, and then we went in. We probably went in about lunchtime, and um, they... I said, we went to the front desk and they said hello. And I said, hello, I'm in labour. And they said, and she said, if you were in labour, you wouldn't be able to talk like that. Oh, that is that is shade. That is some serious shade. I know. Um, and um, I was like, oh, no, I've just done hypnobirthing. I'm, I'm really, I've got a really high pain threshold. <laughs> anyway, then they examined me. I think I was like half a centimetre dilated. So oh, it's such a familiar story, this. God, you, I was thinking, oh, is the pain going to get worse than this? <laughs> you God. just think you're hardcore. Yeah, I, I can just really take it. I That's really did think that. I was like, it's like the other day, the elastic came out of my um, of my trousers. It was like collots. The elastic came out. And I was on the way to meet my friend. And I was like, I think I must have lost all the baby weight. It's really weird, <laughs> but my trousers are falling down. And then she was like the elastics come out so it's just this thing I'm like well it must be that I'm just really hard because I'm not feeling the pain like without thinking of the other options which is that no, no. the pain's going to get so much worse anyway so um they said so that she did a sweep then oh they're so horrible yes yeah. Was, yeah I really remember all the different um do you as well remember like all the personalities of the different people involved along the way yes where they impacted on me either well or badly they're very much sort of scorched (laughs) under my brain well she was really lovely she was Australian and um so nice and she did she said I'm going to do an aggressive sweep wow that's reassuring yes (laughs) so she like really slam your hand up there (laughs) Aggressive sweep. <laughs> Just put a broom up there and sweep it around. Um, so she did that, and I think she actually did me a favour because. But th- but she said you're not going to have this baby today. It'll be tomorrow, and and then I thought, That's oh some, my god, some pretty impressive kind of predictions there. Yes, because except who knows that it wasn't quickly. true. Yeah, it was yeah. Gonna, okay, right. <laughs> but yes, I think I like it when people say definite things. Yeah, that subsequently then, turn out to yeah. be completely wrong. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the. When we went home, we'd got a taxi in and we'd had to say to the taxi, I'm in labour, there's this taxi company that will take women in labour in our part of South London. So we'd rung them and then he'd sort of gone like, okay. Um, But then obviously um, it was very early on. So, But then my friend is around the corner from the hospital, so she drove us home and then... I had this ball, you know, those big... Yeah, the the bouncing birth balls. So I had one of those and I went into the living room and we put... um, X Factor on. It was Judges' Houses, I think. It must have been Judges' Houses because it was October. Yeah, because they go to live shows in December, I think. Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And uh, I suddenly was like, oh my God, this is awful. Like, we're in about 10, within about yeah. 10 minutes of arriving back. Jane had gone to the shop to get some crisps and when she came back, I was just like a different person and then uh, mm. I was saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And that's when you realised you weren't hardcore after all. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> I realised that envisaging balloons floating up to the sky took yeah. the edge off it, and it did, it really did actually, but that um, I needed probably something else as well as that. So then... But then we still didn't go back in because they'd said, don't come back in. 
for yes. ages. Um, and then I went for a wee and there was quite a lot of blood. So they said bigger than a 50p piece to come back in. And that was actually the mucus plug, but there was loads of blood there as well. Anyway, um, so then we thought we ought to go back in because there's quite a lot of blood. Yeah, or you could have asked the sonographer about the distance. Yes, exactly. The same short shrift. The sonographer. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd probably want to go back then. Yes, um, I felt like the right thing to do. So then Jane drove us back and it was like a different journey from mm. the one that we'd taken probably only two or three hours earlier. Um and every speed bump, I remember oh, yeah. going past Dulwich College because it's on the way and just looking through the windows um, and thinking about, it was a Saturday, but I remember thinking, I bet they're doing some sort of club in there and they're all just having a good time. They're not in pain and I'm in <laughs> so much pain. Like, um, And looking at people's houses, just going about their business and thinking, just jealous like, of this everyone. hurts so much. Yeah, I just could not believe how much it hurt. It was yes. like, and I know everyone tells you it does, but I, I couldn't believe that you could experience that level of it's pain. It's a and not fairly pass out. unimaginable kind of pain. Yeah, not just the level of it, but the type of yeah. pain is unlike anything. Yeah, I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah it's and true. It can't really be described. It's extraordinary. I know. It's like an ancient, rusty cog, starting up after thousands of years of being frozen or covered in moss or something like having to use all its strength to start yeah, turning. Yeah that's a good way of putting it and and kind of ties in with what other people have talked about is how primal they feel when yeah. they're going through it so it would be an ancient kind of pain yes. and it is because it it's is. going down you know we've all the women who have ever done it have done it you know there's, there's, it's come from the same place yeah. even if we've got science and drugs. I know. Which well, I come to. One of my first thoughts after I'd had Betty was I was just like, Katie Price and Kerry Katona are my new heroes because they've <laughs> been through this so many times. I suddenly felt like, my God, they've been through this so many times. It is weird sometimes to think about very, very glossy celebrities yes. who've given Who birth. Who look so kind of groomed. and yeah. But I suppose they might have had... Cesare well, they probably get some very good care. I mean, I, I always think about, you know, the Duchess of Cambridge. She appears on the steps minutes after giving birth in a white dress and, you know, looks amazing. And I guess, well, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, but, but it must also have been so a lot of help. awful for her. I know, the like expectation. Honging your hair when oh, you're being no. sewn up, basically. And I even just, I think even if I'd had that level of help, I still couldn't have done that. I still couldn't have appeared could. on the steps. You could. I don't think so. You could. I was quite ripped and I don't mean in the good sense <laughs> my abs were <laughs> incredible my name's Pete Allison and I'm Dave Cribb and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends each week we invite a guest on ask them to pick their favourite episode of Friends and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Um, so you are... Now on the way back to hospital, and this time it's serious. This time it's serious. Real. Yes. So, um, oh, and we'd we had the maternity bag, hospital bag. Oh yes, packed. yeah. Um, someone had told us to pack forty maternity pads. Um, How long are you thinking you're going to be in well, hospital? Well, precisely, and I don't know where this list started to get sent around of things that you need for a hospital bag. Um, and added to by various people from the NCT group, and it ended up to be like 30 things long. Um, and it, we had the suitcase that Ellis took to Australia when he went there for three and a half months, and it was full. <laughs> so they said, it, they, so we took that suitcase in initially as well, then it was back in Jane's car. We hadn't even got it out of the boot when we went back in. And they said it was the biggest hospital bag <laughs> they had ever seen in the reception. Like it was... It was ridiculous. He'd also been to Pret and bought about 20 packets of, um, like, cranberry... I think they did cranberries coated with yogurt. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Why? They're called cranberries in coats. Because um, he'd read that you have to have, like, sustenance that's kind of sweet but also good for you. And he'd Oh, got, like running a marathon, something you'd, yeah, purse, into, yeah. he'd purse into your lips. Yes, yeah. and loads of Haribo and things like that. And lots of food... Um, and then my friend told me to get two white nightgowns. Who'd she had white? two children? I don't know. So they immediately, well, we'll come on to this, but got absolutely drenched with blood. Yes. So yeah, it was. It's quite that odd. That is. That's just weird. I know, but I think people forget quite quickly. Maybe you block it out, but it seems like common sense that it. Well, why would you tell someone bad... to get white anyway? You just say get a nightgown. I mean, or blood red. Yeah, <laughs> nightgown. <laughs> he can reuse. I know. So you turn up with your massive suitcase. Massive suitcase. Did you get straight in? Did, did the receptionist believe you this time? Yeah, she did believe us this time. Um, and I was eating crisps and... Yeah, I was eating crisps between the contractions and then just leaning against the wall for the contractions. And I thought my waters must have broken in Jane's car, but they hadn't. I was sitting on a plastic bag, but they didn't break, actually. I don't know when they broke, but I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Um, then, yes, they did believe me. So as soon as she examined me, I said, please, can I have an epidural? And she said, yeah, there's no time for any pain relief. Okay, so you've gone from half a centimetre when you first went in all hardcore, and now you've dilated so much that you couldn't even have an epidural. Yep, and that was probably only 5pm. I think we'd initially been in at 1, so in four hours... Yeah. So how how dilated is that? I can't remember what the limit is. When I don't know. But that is quite far gone. It is. But also, I just got the feeling that she didn't want to delay things by having, epi- having an epidural. Yeah, it can slow things down, can't it? Yeah. But she point blank refused. She said, you're, you're going to have this baby within the next few hours. There's just absolutely no point. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I just had to let it go. So I just had to have gas and air. Yeah, I did that second time around. You know, it wasn't fun. Um, but also, I've heard that you know midwives can kind of clock you and be able to tell whether you can take it or not. So maybe you were and hard. Maybe hard. I was hard, and she could tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've well, yeah, 
uh, having done it second time around without with just gas and air, it isn't nice. No, it turns out drugs do soothe you somewhat. Yes, yeah. So um, did they just take you straight to the labour ward or did you get a nice... I don't suppose you could get in a birthing pool or anything. No, I couldn't. I did want to, and we had been to see these really nice rooms. Um, it's so funny to think of the tour that we did because we were thinking about bringing an iPod and stuff, and it's just like, oh, my God, why were we even... The idea of trying to sort out music... Uh, I was really Usually thirsty. you do get a chance to do something Yeah, like I suppose both times. It's been so quick, actually, really, that, yeah, there hasn't been any... But we couldn't because my blood pressure was high... Um, so they had to put this band thing around my belly. They said, you can't get in the water. So we just oh, yeah. stayed. I think we just stayed. I don't remember going to any other room. I remember going into a room to be examined and then just staying in that room. But we must have been moved to the labour ward from triage. Maybe you'd been taken straight to the labour ward. Maybe they could just see. Yeah. I don't remember walking anyway. I don't. But I was in one room pretty, pretty soon. And then... Um, Alice would probably remember whether we moved rooms. Um, but then that was it. Yeah, that was it. So it was quick. So it was that. reasonably quick, I suppose. I think we went in about five or half five, and then she was born about 9 p.m. So mm-hmm. this is all in the same day. So, yeah. Um, so it's really only just over 12 hours, sort of 15, 16 hours from beginning to end. Mm. That's not bad for a first birth. No. Um and I, they wanted me to lie on my back and I just wouldn't. That was the only thing I really... I just couldn't lie on my back. It felt also, like that seems quite backward, uh, to coin a phrase, of them to want you to do that because isn't the kind of more of the thing now is that you go on all fours yeah, or you're, just so you can bear down? Really, yeah, exactly. It feels so wrong, doesn't it, to be on your... I can't really remember where I... You know, I didn't want to be anywhere, so I can't really remember what position I wanted to be in, but it, I know, you know, that on your back isn't necessarily... That, you know, just gravity helps you... If you're up, upright, yeah, it it feels definitely felt right to me to be on all fours, and then afterwards I had this pain across my arms and chest um, for days and days from gripping the mm-hmm. um, bed. Like, yeah, I remember getting terrible pains on the inside of my elbows, like w- the worst muscle ache that I've ever had from that same kind of like yeah. pushing myself yeah. up. <laughs> And that was, yeah, that was pretty horrific. But so there's that phase which you've described, which is that kind of transition phase where you're sort of convinced you're going to die and then nothing is going to get you through this. But how was it when you actually started to, you know, push? Well, the I'm going to die phase actually came during X Factor. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it does for so many of us. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So I think it might have come quite early on for me in a way because it was as it started to get serious. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, no thanks. <laughs> um, and then once once I got into hospital, I still felt I, I still felt under immense pain and very scared and everything, but I didn't have that feeling of I'm going to be sick, I'm going to not do this. I just had this feeling of this is awful. Yeah, that that makes sense, like, from a, a kind of technical point of view, that it's supposed to, when you get to the bearing down phase, it feels somehow more positive. Yeah, I yeah so I don't remember feel like phase. something's happening. Yeah. yeah, but no, I know what you mean, I don't... I think, actually, when it came to pushing, which I remember is a very small proportion of the whole thing, um, I liked the fact that there seemed to be a process that had been followed by many other people and that it would hopefully lead to a healthy baby. Like, it felt yeah. like they were going pant, like they knew exactly what they were doing. I think 
in a way, for me, the hardest thing with both births was when I was either on my own or in my house and there was no one to go do this now who'd had, you know, yeah, a Yeah, you want experience. someone to take control and be in charge. Yeah. And because you and your partner generally don't have any knowledge, it's hard for you to do that. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know... I, that's why I couldn't ever have a home birth because I think I'm not the kind of person who responds well to kind of being on their own and going with their instincts in that kind of situation. Yeah, no, I know I that people like come out obviously when you have a home birth but I just didn't want to be away from lots of different types of consultants who could help if anything went wrong. And There are numerous know. people who can take charge in a hospital and yeah. fewer people who can if you're in your front room. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Um, and... Uh, how was Ellis through this? Is he just eating his prep? Yeah, he was just in the corner eating his cranberries and coats. Um, he um, he was good. He I was very thirsty. Um, that was all I remember. I didn't want to eat anything. I just was so hot and thirsty. Mm, it's hot. I took all my clothes off. Um, I think I kept my bra on, as if that makes it. It's like you haven't got anything Maintain your some decency. Yes, they won't see my boobs until <laughs> I try and breastfeed and then fail to do so. Um, but I, um, I kept my bra on, but I just took everything off, and I, I was so hot, and I made them open the windows. And I, I think I get hot very easily because I'm always hot in bed, and and I've always found hospitals to be so hot. They are too hot. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that was the thing. I remember being really hot and really thirsty. And Ellis was good and he kept bringing me water. I didn't eat any of his, his pretz. <laughs> you must have been so offended. <laughs> they're, they're taking up from... Actually, I didn't take up much of that suitcase. It, the the midwife shifting around was, massive suitcase. Yeah, all these 40 maternity pads. Um, he was good, though. He was. I think he was... I, he always says that people say it's the best day of your life, but it's just incredibly nerve-wracking and, yeah. I, yeah, it's odd. I don't count it as the best day of my life because of the pain and trauma of it alongside, know. you know. And the, the uncertainty. Joy. You're not... Mm. You know, you're... You, it, there's never really a point where you go, it's done, because as soon as the baby's born, which, of course, is just unbelievable... They've got to do tests on the baby. They've got mm. to perhaps sew you up or whatever. And then you're waiting for the results of their hearing test and the heel prick. And they might have jaundice. And, you know, you're not really... You don't f- I didn't feel with either of them, you know, now I'm on the straight and narrow. Yeah. It's just a series of kind of ticking boxes. And you're glad that those ones have been ticked and that everything's OK. And So do you, did you not... Because some people have described that kind of sense of euphoria that they have, which is a hormonal thing, apparently, as well as, you know, in your head and it's wonderful um when the baby is born did you get that I certainly got yeah I think I did and I could felt completely surreal and Mm. um incredible um and yeah completely unreal I just couldn't believe that this baby had been inside me and now Mm. it wasn't it was there and it was a girl and it was amazing did you know that it was going to be a girl no so that was a surprise that was a surprise yeah Mm. Um, and we, then, then you once you're, you know, they kind of swept off to have the tests and stuff. Did you then you have to give birth to placenta, which always feels like adding insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, um, she couldn't breathe that well because she had mucus in her lungs. So a paediatric consultant came straight in, and then he said, "This room's freezing cold. Get a hat on her." And 
then I felt really guilty for making open all the windows and stuff because I'd just been so hot. So I really remember that. And then we'd put a hat on her and he sorted her out. But that was a bit of a dicey moment where she was trying to cry and kind yeah. of that's like my first memory really of after she was born. And then, yes, I remember giving birth to the placenta. I, but I don't remember her being taken away. I think Ellis was holding her. Um, and they had have, have the injection for the placenta to speed mm. it up. Oh, we kept her attached to the umbilical cord for like an hour. An hour? Yeah. I think wow, so. I, I, I mean, I know you can do that and it's beneficial, but I didn't know it was for so long. I'm pretty sure it was an hour. Um, I might be wrong. It might have seemed like an hour. But <laughs> it was definitely ages. It was like the longest that you could do it. Um, wow. So that's she must have been idea. on me for. God, but then he whipped her off to help her to breathe. So. Yes, yeah, so Oh, that? God, I don't well, know. Well, that's the Maybe trouble. Some things are burned into your brain and. You remember them very clearly, but other bits, you know. I know. I remember, remember. us feeling very satisfied with the length of time. So that would tell me that she was still attached to me when he was helping her to breathe, because that happened immediately. But yeah. anyway, we, yeah. Um, uh, loads of people in NCT were getting their um, placentas made into, like, tablets and stuff. Yeah. So I really wanted to do it, because... If, if anything's happening, I, I just think, well, I should do it too in case it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yes, £120, that's fine. Um, oh, God. So um, do you know what? Do you eat the tablets? I so you eat who... the tablets. And do you know what? It may really help some people. I believe it probably does. It doesn't do and any harm. the woman harm. was lovely who did it. Um, yeah, it doesn't do any harm, um, I don't think. Um, uh, but basically the woman said they'll let you put the placenta in the fridge at the hospital if it's the night. And it was like half nine or 10 um, p.m. And so I said gaily to the midwife, can we put the placenta in your fridge so that I can get it made into tablets? And then she was like, no. I'm just thinking, of course you're not going to put it next to my Boots meal deal sandwich. This placenta in a Sainsbury's bag. Anyway, so then we had to. We rang the woman who really kindly came met Ellis in the reception really late. I think that was probably about eleven p.m. And he or handed over a plastic handed bag of the placenta. A in Sainsbury's it. bag of the placenta. Yeah, that's so dodgy and weird. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like it's a bit London, or at least a bit kind of city. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, bit, I know what you mean. Um, Maybe yeah. not. There's probably people in Devon maybe. doing it. I can yeah. imagine, actually, that, you know, perhaps... Or maybe in... they do the thing where you get the placenta and you bury it under a tree and then it makes the nutrients I mean, I grow. like that idea a bit better yeah, now th- that it's being made into tablets. Like yeah. The tablet thing. What did the tablets look like? Like paracetamol or something? They're grey. They're capsules. So... It looks and what, like do you take ash. one a day, or um, you can take? I think it. I think it was between one and three a day, or something like that. And you get a kind of shriveled twig, basically, with a kind of ribbon tied around it, which is what is left of it after the process of making it into tablets. Um, and the amount of tablets you get depends on how big the placenta was. And how many tablets did you get? I just think I got one jar. And what do you do, you do with the twig? At first, I kept it, and then I threw it away. <laughs> so unsentimental I'm so like that though I'm really like oh fuck it I'm so like that I sort of I if I get a thank you card or something I read it really carefully and really study the picture on it then I literally put it straight into the recycling so I'm like I don't need to look at it again it's etched on my memory I looked at the twigs for two days and I was like I don't need to look at that anymore why would I keep that I hardly keep anything did you just throw it in a normal bin or yeah in a normal bin not in the recycling because I feared it would contaminate it and we didn't do food recycling then but 
I guess it could, could have, have been food compost. Recycling. You'd have to take yeah. the ribbon off or something. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Wow. Bye, Twig. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice knowing Bye. you. <laughs> um, and I did take the tablets for a few days, but then I went mad on the day that my milk came in. Oh, yeah. Then I got mastitis, and then whoever came... So many different women came to the house over the first couple of weeks. But I think one of them said, don't take those tablets anymore because I think they're making you make more milk and that's not helping the mastitis. And so I stopped taking them then. Who'd know know that there would be such a powerful effect? Um, Well, so there was a woman who came to help me with breastfeeding and I think it was her. And she was kind of holistic type midwife. So she kind of straddled both camps in a way, i.e. the sort of very medical side of things that go, why the fuck have you made (laughs) placenta into tablets that's such a waste of 100 pounds and um you know someone who goes eat the placenta raw um, so she was kind of in the middle and she said i don't think it's a great idea no, not for, a great yeah, idea yeah um well you know it was worth a try wasn't it it was it was worth a go you know <laughs> who knows what effect it had <laughs> yeah um did you just to get graphic for a second when you had finished giving birth had you uh, damaged yourself how <laughs> how, how are you doing physically um i had a tear so what do tears go up to is it fourth fourth so i think i had a second degree tear that's, that's okay yes um but they the midwife said um i'm not confident sewing you up um i'm gonna get someone else to do it so oh well that's that yeah. i think that's good i thought that was good too although at the time i was like oh god it must mean it's a more complicated but i am glad that that um better to admit it to, than have to, a go. to be honest than kind yeah. of yeah exactly um and then they injected me with anesthetic down there but i also had gas and air i had so much gas and air so they said don't stop breathing gas and air because it really helped and i had this amazing experience like so i was trip yeah basically was mad it was like um everything went into a tunnel um and sound wise everything kind of went into a tunnel and was really echoing like it was a really long way away and everything anyone said felt had a really big delay on it so I'd hear so um Nia who's my um, partner's sister a lot of her friends worked at King's then in that department. So one of them came in and was like, oh, you're Nia's brother and this is your new baby. And I saw her come in and I was just laughing because I I was say, I could hear her kind of say, this is, is your, your, your baby, 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 baby. <laughs> and I was laughing so loudly and it was echoing like, ha, 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 ha. And, and I was saying like, I can hear you all, all, really, I'm trying to describe it. And they were just all kind of smiling. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Because it sounds amazing. really disorienting, but you liked it. I really liked it. There was no kind of edge to it. It was, yeah, it was amazing. And I kept saying, like, I'll do this again if it means I get to have this much gas and air. Like, I think that when you have gas and air during birth, you're not allowed to have enough to get, get you to that mm. level because... You only really have it during the contractions, don't you? Yeah. Um, whereas if you're not, if you don't yeah, take it off your pain. mouth, yeah, I guess I wasn't in pain anymore. Well, I was, I was sort of smarting, sort not, of a different way. Not in the same yeah. way. Because yeah. we were just discovering that pethidine that they give you sometimes is heroin, which I didn't know. And I subsequently felt like that was a bit of a wasted opportunity that, you know, I've taken heroin and I didn't enjoy it because, <laughs> you know, and the, the theory with that is that because you have it when you're in such amount of pain, it just brings you up to normal sure. or semi-normal levels. Yeah. 
And really, you know, in the same circumstances, you'd have to wait until after the birth when you weren't in such pain to take the heroin. To, sure. To get to the see nice if you hit. really liked heroin. Yes. See if it was worth doing it again. And I guess yeah. that's what you got. <laughs> that you got the hit of gas and air. That yes, is... in a way that. So perhaps I was in more of a state to see its advantages because I wasn't in pain. But I also think it was the amount that I consumed. It was just out of this world. I'll always remember it. <laughs> How do you get hold of gas and air? Yeah. You know, outside. Of the I'm sure there's experience. somewhere in East London where they do like. Is that like what Poppers is? Maybe that's what Poppers is. I don't is. think it is what Poppers is. Oh, right. Anyway, those are tiny little things. Uh, Poppers is animal nitrate, isn't it? Yeah. What is gas and air? I feel like it isn't Poppers because also gas and air doesn't smell and Poppers has such a distinct smell. Yeah, it probably it? isn't. But that's yeah. what we need to do. We need to get hold of gas you and air. You need to do an like interview little... with someone, an expert in gas and air. Well, we've often said that we need like an obstetrician or someone nearby because yes. the number of times where we've gone, what is that yes. called? And nobody can remember. So, um, Adam yeah. Kay. Yeah, if he wants to, you know, drop by. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of keep the dilettante feel. Maybe it's it. nice if people just be listening really infuriated. Who, <laughs> yeah, who know the answer. No. Of course it isn't animal nitrate. <laughs> That's so ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to leave us on a, a kind of beautiful image, did you have a kind of moment at the end of the birth where, you know, the three of you kind of yeah. gathered together <laughs> in a Del Boy type way? Um, no. No. I don't remember that at all. I remember feeling overwhelmed that she was there and that she was safe. I don't remember anything about Ellis, really. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from him giving me water and then being in the toilet when the head came out. Um, he missed the head coming out. Um, but he was brilliant and I think it was a very traumatic thing to see me in that much pain. Yeah, it's not um, yeah, nice for them. I mean, no. like, don't get me wrong, I've got no sympathy fundamentally because they're not doing the work. Uh, but my God, equally. exactly. No, but I think it's not nice. Uh, yeah. Not as not nice as going through that pain. But no. I remember feeling completely overwhelmed and um, so grateful that she was there safely and so full of love for her. But I don't remember a kind of moment. I suppose I thought we're a family now, but there was not... There wasn't, like... Um, I don't know, a moment where we all had a big cuddle and it it was just very... There just seemed to be always something to do, like help her to breathe and then try and breastfeed, which wasn't very successful. So then I was really worried about that. It was just kind of this series of It's a of series things. of messy, busy things yeah. that you just get swept up in. I don't think it was really till a few weeks later when we were at home that, you know, you suddenly think, Here oh, we God, are. we're doing it, you know. I've fed her, she's asleep, we're... You know, for an hour at least, I can <laughs> relax to some extent. I can have a shower for the first time in a week. You know, um, that's the thing. You get that. You get those little tiny pleasures that give you such joy. Well, you get such a buzz, don't you, from yeah. going? I put mascara on. I can't believe it. You know, I yeah. went to the pharmacist on my own. Yeah, I always remember my friend saying that she'd been to the shop when she'd had her baby, and that was the first time she'd been on her own mm. for nine months. And I was like. You aren't ever on your own when you're pregnant. Mm. You're so aware all the time of this baby in, inside you and everything that you can and can't eat and do and things that really that is the first time that you've been on your own. And it is so weird, I think. When it's you weird, go outside but rather joyful that you kind of relish that separateness that you finally got, you know, for a bit. Yeah, and it, but you also expect everyone to look at you and go, wow, you've gone outside and, <laughs> and everyone's just in Sainsbury's buying courgettes and, yeah you yeah. don't get the high fives and congratulations <laughs> that you deserve frankly <laughs> if you could go back to that pre-birth self and give yourself a piece of advice about what to do what to think how to feel what would it be 
I think it would be slowed down because I, as soon as I'd had her, I just tried to carry on working as much as I had, and I basically acted. I looked after her a lot, and then, but also did a lot. So took her with me to voiceovers and to castings, and you know, got my friend to look after her while I was in the casting, and I'd be just sweating and so stressed all the time, like trying to breastfeed and couldn't really breastfeed properly so I had to have nip- sterilised nipple shields wherever I went and mm. she'd grab them and throw them across the room and oh my god it was so stressed all the time but it's and hard I didn't not to be if you're freelance and you don't know, know. when the next job's coming it's you know? so hard um, but I would say to myself just please slow down give yourself a bit of a chance to rest and not don't worry it'll and be alright so the thing is if you're freelance there's so many different types of freelancers and I think if you write you're lucky enough to be able to at least generate some work for yourself if I when I graduated from college I, I suppose I was always writing songs but I always just thought I'll, I'll, I'll just be an actor um, just an actor just. Like John Malkovich <laughs> um, not just an actor but you know what I mean I thought that's the thing that I'm going to do I didn't really realise that I would earn sort of a vast proportion of my living from creating things myself and actually I could have afforded to take a bit of time off and go it'll be alright I can start doing stand up again after a year I've, I'll have plenty of things to write about I'm you know I, it's, but it's easy with the benefit of hindsight isn't it but, but that panickiness that you feel about I know and it's so wound up in your behind. identity as well yeah. you're not being left behind in that thing of being a woman and being in your late 30s and um, kind of go oh god you know uh, I'm going to go back into the industry and I'm going to be I'm going to be a mum and I'm at that weird age anyway where I can't really play 32 year olds on telly anymore <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel ready to play a mum of four you know um, but Ah, it's fine. No. It's well, fine. But so yeah. that would be my advice, That's slow advice down. You can't have it all. I used to bloody drag her through. She was three and a half weeks old and I took her through Soho in a car seat so I could go and do But um, you a become a loon in those early yeah. weeks, just kind of insane and deranged yeah, with tiredness true. and, you know, hormones. So it's not surprising. Yeah. It's very understandable. Um, and what I'm going to do with the, these bits of advice is I think I'll probably have them made into... Um, those kind of neon signs, that uplifting signs that you see in yeah. kitchens yeah. in North London. And then I'm going to take a hammer and I'm going to smash them until <laughs> all that's left is toxic splinters. And then make them into tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Throw away the tablets. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And that was lovely. And I <laughs> hope it was welcome. cathartic for you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Torn Every Minute. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us. something but what are you scared of 
Join me, Sarah Morgan, for The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. The secret lemonade drinker adverts. Geese. That time on Biker Grove when Agma Parlin got shot in the face with a paintball. In each episode, I interview funny, interesting people I like, people like Phil Jupitus, Alice Lowe, Richard Osman, Riley Silverman, and Danielle Ward, about their biggest fears in a judgment-free environment. It is spooktacular. The Fear. And remember, do have nightmares because they're an entirely appropriate response to the horrors of modern living. Great big 